Hi there, I'm Dan, and welcome, or welcome back, maybe, to the Shaw Vineyard Church Podcast. Hey, at the end of this episode, please take just a moment to subscribe in iTunes or in your podcast app of choice. That way, you can get every message from our church straight away on whatever device best suits you. You know, it's our hope that the message that you're about to hear in this episode would encourage you to take your best next step in your faith journey. So let's get straight into it. We're, we're very lucky today to have, um, have three lovely friends of mine who I've got to talk with this week, and, and you'll know some of them, and, and you may not know others, but you'll know their names, so after the service, I'd love if you could just encourage them and all that kind of stuff, um, and we're, they're, they're a little bit nervous, so as I invite them up, I would encourage us as people, can we just give them a nice round of applause, or at least like a gentle clicking of the fingers as they get up, so I'd love to invite Jaden, Angie, and Karen up, now's the chance. Keep going. If you stop, it's just awkward when they're still walking. Mm. Keep going. He still hasn't made it. There we go. No, that's awesome. Welcome. Um, welcome, Jaden, Angie, Karen. Thank you for saying yes to sharing with us. I know it's a bit daunting um, getting up and then sharing your greatest fears and all that kind of stuff. But we, 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 I won't delve too deeply, but thank you so much for uh, sharing with us today. And I know that each of your stories has like, well, unique journeys and unique perspectives to offer us. And the good thing is, uh, for whatever reason, the Spirit seems to speak through testimony really well. So um, I'm just going to pray that, that as they share, that, that God moves in and through their words and connects with uh, what we need to hear in this room this morning. So I'm going to pray. Is that cool? Why don't we close our eyes? <sighs> well, Creator God, we give thanks. We give thanks that we can come here. Uh, again, recognizing that it's a it's a rare privilege in the world these days to be able to gather as a community. And um, I'm reminded that of the hundred or so people here, that there's a hundred different stories weaving together, and you're creating some form of beautiful picture um, of what you look like, what your love looks like in and through us. And in this moment, I pray specifically for Jaden, Angie, and Karen, and I pray for a peace that passes all understanding. And uh, we ask that your spirit would move through their words to translate your deep truth from their lives into the lives of us, and that we as a community would be challenged, encouraged, and blessed through that. Your beautiful name, amen. Cool. This is going to go really fast. Are you feeling good? Little, okay. Okay, so um, before we get to the stories, I've got a bit of a surprise announcement. So Jaden's going to go first um, in introducing himself. Jaden has just... Uh, chosen to be uh, Shaw Vineyard Church's new intern this year, which why don't we snap to that, which involves, involves taking a few projects on, it involves doing a bit of learning around formation, around theology, probably involves a lot of chair stacking, but we'll, we'll keep it to a minimum around that, no. Um, it, but uh, before we get into the faith stories, Jaden, did you just want to tell us a little about like your story? You'll see him around, right? So, so you'll know his name now is Jaden, so you may have to introduce yourself. Did you want to tell us a little about yourself, your background, your dreams, hopes, favorite date ideas, um, all that kind of stuff? Like, like, who are you? Where are you from? What are you doing here? Is this on? Yeah. I think so, yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, so, yeah, I'm Jaden. Um, I have been coming here for roughly four years now, I think. And I'm from the, the big family here, the Sugar Browns, have six siblings. Um, and yeah, I didn't particularly see myself doing, doing this this year, but Vic approached me about doing an internship, and I thought, you know what, that sounds pretty cool. So 
here I am. It's cool. It's very exciting. And what are you like passionate about? What are your things that like within, say, is it music? Is it youth stuff? Is it uh, preaching the word? Like what, what makes you like feel excited or what do you want to grow in this year? Um, I would say music and youth stuff. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Well, lots of opportunities. Matt, Rupert, if you're watching, this is your guy. Like, um, that's awesome. And um, I guess we'll crack into it because you've, you've already started, right? Like, yeah. I guess I, I've got a question for you. Um, how did your kind of – so we're using the same questions as last week as like a launch pad for stories. But, Jaden, how did your story of faith begin? Cool. Um, so I grew up in the church, been going since day one. Um, been to various churches before coming here, and yeah, I just ended up here, and this is feels like home. So that's kind of just where my my faith comes from, and where I'm at now, I guess. Cool. I'm excited to see how this study helps like <laughs> unpack a lot of that, and and may challenge and grow you in that. Yeah, definitely. I think it'll be really great to actually be able to just have that sort of dedicated time through study to mm. spend actually learning more and mm. growing through that. That's awesome. Thank you, Jaden. And, well, Angie, so how did your story kind of, how did your faith journey begin? Well, my story is kind of crazy. (laughs) Um, I'm from an unbelieving family. um, But I, um, when I was nine, my mum sent me to a Christian camp and I learned about Jesus there. Um, But, um, yeah, when I got home, unfortunately, my family were kind of against it and told me not to go down that path. Um, and then um, as I got older, I started to become very spiritually hungry. Um, but we, um, yeah, I, I wasn't quite sure. Like, I didn't know about Jesus, but I was really wanting to get into other sort of spiritual things. So unfortunately, um, that led me to um, things that my friends were doing at school where we were getting into uh, things like... Uh, palm reading and witchcrafty sort of things um and one day they were doing a seance and um this is when the story gets a bit dark (laughs) um so we actually made connection with a um spirit which we know is a demon but at the time we thought that it was a spirit um and um the thing that really got us how was how real it was um we ended up talking to him individually um, on an ongoing daily basis, which opened up spiritual doors that we had no idea about. I was 13 at the time. Um, but this experience is, is how God rescued me. It's pretty awesome. So, um, so daily I would <clears throat> talk to the spirit on a chain with a chain on my hand, um, and um, I got a real sense of communicating with it, and then um, it became deeper, and over like six months period of time, um, this dragged on to getting more and more serious, and um, and I started getting attacked um, at night, um, spiritually attacked, um, and I thought that I didn't think it was the spirit I was talking to. I thought that it was um, other spirits. <clears throat> but it turns out that it was a whole bunch of them um, because I had opened up those doors. And um, I, um, so when I was 
getting attacked, I would basically, I wasn't able to breathe. Um, things were pretty serious. I'm shaking right now. <laughs> um, and um, I would have, if I did start to drift off, I'd be jolted awake. Um, I was, if I did, I took some of my parents' sleeping pills that I found in her drawer just to get some sleep because I was so desperate. And um, all that ended up being was terrible nightmares where I was really seriously attacked. Um, and uh, I'm just glad that God didn't let them kill me. They were trying to kill me. Um, and um, there, there were noises. I couldn't sleep, so I had the radio going. And Anyway... Um, so a lot happened in that time. <laughs> I won't get into too much. Um, then um, one night I was just so desperate and I just looked up on my shelf and, um, and I saw the Bible that I was given when I was nine. And I, I had tried everything to get rid of these demons um, and I just couldn't. And I was just desperate. And I thought to myself, I wonder if Jesus will help me, because I still believe that he was real. I always sort of had this inner belief that he was real. And um, so I prayed, and I knew the salvation prayer. It was in the front of my Bible, and I prayed earnestly that he would rescue me, and that he'd forgive me. And um, I felt this real sense of him saying, finally, and um, all of a sudden, like, this awful presence I felt for so long, I'm starting to cry, <laughs> um, just got washed away. And I just felt God's amazing presence. And um, it was incredible. Um, I had the best night's sleep ever. And um, there was no, no problem after that. I prayed every night that he'd protect me um, because of what I went through. But he was always there. And um, I had a dream where he, he gave me a dream where I was flying outside of my bedroom window. And um, my neighbourhood was all beautiful hills and rivers. And um, he was standing at the top of the hill and I was coming towards him. And he said to me, you don't have to be afraid anymore. Your life is in my hands. Mm. And it was incredible because then I woke up and I realised that, you know, that was his message to me, is I don't have to be scared anymore, and I don't have to be afraid anymore. And, um, you know, just all through my life, um, what I went through will always keep me strong to Jesus. Mm. So, yeah, that's, mm. I think that's about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm. Mm. I, yeah, it's not something you hear in church every week. You know? No, it's uh, not. Spiritual um, warfare is a real thing. Yeah, it, it's, it's an interesting one because Western society, we don't really know where to fit that stuff, you know? Yeah, it's um, true. Um, and is it, I won't delve too deeply, but I've had similar experience as well, you know, and then praying and just something in the, in the name of Jesus just lifts that kind of stuff. So I, it would be remiss of me to just move on. So after the service... I'd love, if this is, is that resonated in any particular way, we'll, we'll have prayer at the end of the service, and I imagine you'd love to pray for people around kind of stuff like that, because I just wouldn't want people having that open and then just like walking out the doors <laughs> into their lives. So we'll have some prayer for the service for those who um, 
uh, interested with anything within this, but thank you so much. That must have taken what's very close, and it's like, it's a big thing to share. Yeah, it is. Thank you. That's cool. Um, it's a really weird segue. Karen. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, Similar story, different story. Like, what, what's your background in, in this whole faith journey thing? Uh, no, different story to that. Although the similarities is that I didn't grow up in a religious household either. Um, I think my parents um, would have said that they were they wanted us to make up our own minds when we got older. Um, so, as a kind of teenager, young person, sorry. Um, uh, teenager, young person, I probably would have said, oh, I'm not a Christian, I don't, I don't have any faith, but I live my life according to Christian values. Um, yes. And, um, yeah, so growing up, I, I just managed to make friends with a few Christians and, <coughs> excuse me, and um, got invited to church, went to various things, went to parachute music. Um, I really love music, so um, I really connected with messages through music, probably, first of all. Um, and kind of different things happened, but I, I, looking back now, um, I see that I was on a journey, but I'd never kind of made that final step. Um, and um, what uh, I... Yeah, it all kind of came together when... Um, so, Sean and I, my husband now, we got together when we were, like, 17. And he was a Christian as well. He told me that angel story that he shared last week. And I even recognised it as an angel, even though that wasn't even part of my vocabulary. Um, but when I was a teenager, my parents split up, had a really messy split up. And um, then, so what happened to kind of push me over the line, I guess, was um, Sean, on the day that Sean proposed to me, I remember saying to him that night, um, you know, I want to find out more about this Christian thing because I'd seen um, a non-Christian marriage didn't work and so I thought, uh, I, I don't want to go down that path myself. Um, let's, let's give it a go with God in the mix. Um, so, yeah, so sh- shortly after that, it was June, uh, July 2008. Um, I was 24, went to one of those church services with friends again and um, responded made the decision, responded to the altar call. Um, I'd, I'd been having trouble kind of finding work. I'd wanted to work in the music scene. And one month later, I got a job at Parachute Music. Um, and so I just loved that. Stayed there for four years. It was a great place to kind of orientate myself, be a baby Christian. Um, and, um, yeah, we got married in a little church in Whangamata. And... Yeah, 12 years on, I'm proud to call myself a Christian and still love worship music and still married, so it's working so far. (laughs) Thank you, Karen. And within that, were there any significant turning points within that? So obviously there's the day-by-day we grow in subtle ways. Were there any significant moments throughout those 12 years that either tested or challenged or were real encouragements in your journey? I think worship music was was a lot. Like, God spoke to me through mm. music a lot. I routinely, every time I went to church, just ended up bawling. Mm. Um, so that's a clear sign that something was going on. I also got invited to hear an apologist at church, mm. and I think um, I'm quite an intellectual person, like reading, like learning, and so 
I think, looking back, that that was... I had some real deep questions mm. that um, the kind of surface-level um, just believe, just because everyone else is believing, wasn't really cutting it for me. Mm. So I think... Um, oh, someone gave me the book, The Case for Christ. Um, so I think that was probably... Um, some good decisions by those people because they realised that intellectually I wanted to learn and that's that was my avenue into faith. Mm. Mm. That's awesome. Mm. That's really cool. And I, I guess there's that... It sounds like there was that initial head, I guess, orientation or like, I want to learn about this or I'm open to this. It, it, was it a long process for it to shift into the heart or was it around like responding to that message? Yeah, it was a long process. It was, I think I'd always been curious, mm. even as a kid. I'd always been curious and been open. Um, and I th- I like to think about faith as a journey. We used to say it at Parachute Music, actually, and that's why I think it was popular with so many people because you could go along there and you could be there no matter where you were on your faith journey. You could invite your non-Christian friends and it was a non-threatening environment because I don't, I think, becoming a Christian or being saved or giving your life to God is definitely one big step, but it's also everyone. Everyone is on a journey, whether they know it or not. So I liked having the space over many years to make baby steps in that journey mm. myself and not have to feel pressure to go from here to here in one big leap. Mm. And that's very encouraging to me on my daily walk now mm. is not discounting anyone and not putting people into a box of you are church churchgoer or you're not, everyone is on that spiritual path mm. of their own. Yeah, God mm. is surprisingly close to everyone. Mm. You, know, it's just mm. you can notice it yeah. a lot of the time. Oh, yeah. thank you. I'd like, well, we'll back around to a couple more questions later on. But for yourself, Angie, and I haven't forgotten about you, Jaden. I'm just working backwards. Um, for yourself, Angie, so you entered into faith in quite a, I guess, an extraordinary way, like... It, yeah, like after that, was it quite, how did you find entering into, I guess, the churches or, or people with different expressions of faith who may not have had that experience or was it whiplash or was it, what was the journey after that for you? Um, so after that, um, I, I was amazed um, at what God had done and I, I was trying to read my Bible. <laughs> I didn't really understand it very well um, and I prayed every night, um, but I didn't go to any sort of church or anything until I was much older. So um, I developed a relationship with Jesus through prayer, really, Um, personal prayers where I would just ramble, I guess, to him about my day (laughs) and um, ask him for things and silly, childish things, probably. But Jesus listened to me, and he he was there, and it was amazing. Um, And then as I got older... Um, yeah, when I was about 20, I met a girl that was Christian, and God just sort of jumped on me and said, you've got to tell her your testimony, and it was quite scary, because I've never felt such an urgency in all my life, and I only just met this girl, (laughs) so she was quite surprised as well, so I said, I need to talk to you upstairs now, (laughs) so um, she was sort of in my friend group at the time, so I, I took her up stairs and told her everything and that's when she explained to me about you know spiritual warfare and that sort of thing because she was a more experienced Christian and so I started going along to church then and um, I didn't really understand 
um, the worship thing. I thought, this is interesting. <laughs> um, and, um, and I really felt like God was triggering my heart. After a few times of going to this church, he was like, because I wasn't really joining him with the worship, I thought it was a bit weird. And I just remember him saying, you know, I gave you a voice and I really, I would love you to use it to worship me, to sing for me. And so I started, um, started, and something started within me, and and um, and I got baptized, and um, yeah, my journey of faith sort of really started in my twenties. But I mean, that's the thing is, through my teenage years, I still had that relationship with Jesus. I just wasn't learning mm. in church. And I wasn't understanding the Bible, so it's interesting. It's a different way to start a relationship with him, I guess. I guess the cool thing with that is you didn't learn to be dependent on someone else to to grow in your faith. It seemed like it was a you were relating with God, not via proxy through a pastor or someone else's thoughts, which is yeah. well, a huge journey for many of us, right? Like to to make that step or make that leap. That's awesome. You you bypassed us in that way. <laughs> yeah. Yes, so. Yeah. <laughs> It's different. That's cool. Oh, thank you, Angie. And Jaden, um, I'm going to jump to a different question for you. Um, I'm sure you can answer that one. But like, so the question is, what keeps you coming back to the table, which is communion or life with Jesus or life in this church? You know, there are ups and downs in our lives, and sometimes we're vibing church or faith, and sometimes we're not. What kind of draws you back to this, like when you may get a bit bored or may a bit distracted? What keeps you coming back? Cool. Um... I think what keeps me coming back is the big sense of like community and family that we have like within the church, because like obviously like I I believe you can you can be a Christian without going to church, but like church is for me it's family. It's it's just an environment mm-hmm. where you can have you can have like non-judgmental discussions about mm-hmm. about your faith, and you can really grow um, through talking to other people. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's awesome. It reminds me of um, John 13, 30, I think it is, where um, Jesus says, by this they all know me, for your love for one another, right? Where the greatest testimony of, of God or, or Jesus as revealing God is the church's love for itself. But not just itself, love for one another and externally, right? Love is the greatest testimony of faith. and It's cool. That's, how, that's held me in, in these places as well. As many of us, I'm sure, it's like we're not sure about a lot of stuff. There is a sense of family. There is a sense of something real, at least in the faces of those around us as we see God within each other, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's awesome. That's cool. And then we're, we're running a little short on time, so I'm, I'm going to finish up with one final question to help you guys summarize your, summarize your thoughts, and then um, I'll wrap it up. Um, we'll start again with you, Jaden. So you're obviously very mature, 19-year-old young man. Like, so, like, <laughs> it's fairly self-explanatory. Um, what advice would you offer to uh, 18-year-old Jay? No. What, <laughs> the, the question is, what wisdom would you most love to share with someone who is at an earlier stage of their faith journey? Or what do you wish someone would have shared with you? Ooh. Me, me two months ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Um, Would you like Mind me to backtrack? Yeah, yeah, you go. go we, can, we can come on back. Okay. Karen, yourself, what, like, what would you wish someone had told you when you were earlier on in your faith journey? Or what wisdom have you made gleaned in this time? Uh, I 
think for me, coming from a non-Christian background, and still most of my family is not, I was quite obsessed with the idea of proof, Hmm. Um, which is, you know, the opposite to faith, right? And faith is such a personal thing. Um, And I almost wanted to experience the Jesus that, you know, raised Lazarus from the dead or walked on water. Um, But that, um, that to be a person of faith... You don't have to have proof. Mm. Um, yeah, if we had more time, I was going to tell a story about how... I s- <laughs> I, time is just a construct. We can bend it as we, can bend it as we need to. <laughs> <laughs> go oh, on, wanna, go you on. You want to hear a story? Yeah, go okay, on. Okay, okay. Um, settle in. I've, I'm going to tell you my birth story. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Do you still want to hear a story? Um, no, so I, I will try and keep it brief. Um, f- so fast forward three or four years from that, that point um, where we got married um, and I got pregnant with Saviour, that little, that little person who didn't follow the rules and ran out before just after we'd said <laughs> children walk. Um, so he's nine next month. Um, and I got pregnant with him and it was a great pregnancy and um, I hoped to give birth at birth care, which um, for um, people in the room might know that is a place where you can give birth if you've had a complication-free pregnancy and you're hoping to give birth with no pain relief and um, no interventions, things like that. So um, I thought that that was the plan because everything was good, um, and progressed right through my labour, and then things didn't go so good. So I ended up having to be ambulanced to hospital. And then things kind of went downhill from there. I needed a few more interventions, and he still wasn't coming out. And um, so they had to prep me for an emergency C-section, which was not in my plan at all, Um, you know, if anyone has a birth plan. Um, and they often don't go right. But this was really not going right. Um, And uh, things got so bad, his heart rate was dropping. So they really needed to get him out. And um, so they actually had to put me under a general anaesthetic, knock me out completely. Um, It was really awful for Sean because they had to take him out of the operating theatre. He wasn't even allowed to be in there um, because the situation was so drastic. didn't give him a phone, didn't really tell him what was happening, if I was going to survive or the baby was going to survive. Pretty dire. And I remember being in that operating theatre and just crying out to God, um, you know, help me, please. I really don't want a caesarean. This was not in the plan. Please stop this from happening. And it didn't happen. I I woke up and Sean was giving me our baby and said, this is Xavier. Got to choose the name without me. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> we'd kind of we'd kind of talked about that name, but yeah, anyway. I'm over that now. <laughs> we didn't even know if it was gonna be a boy or a girl. Anyway, I got handed Xavier. Um, and then the next few months were pretty difficult as well. Um, and uh, I guess because everyone has a birth story, birth's well known to be a, a difficult thing. I didn't really talk about this. I kind of thought everyone went through uh, as traumatic a time as I did. Um, and, you know, because I hadn't been a Christian that long, we, would, we were going to a big church. 
um, but didn't have a real church family around me, didn't have um, relationships with pastors or, you know, the kind of relationships that I we have now at this church. I think if I went through that now, I'd get probably a lot more support. Um, but so we took Xavier, we went back to that church in Whangamata where we got married, and um, we wanted to get married in a church, but we didn't actually know the pastor at the time. Um, so at that time, we met with the pastor there. His name's Jim, and he you'd imagine a pastor of a small surfing town, like he's mid-60s, shoulder-length grey hair, um, collects old cars, got personalised number plate Rev Jim on it. So we'd really connected with this guy when, um, when he married us. And um, so for that reason, I hadn't shared any of this with any, anyone in, in church in Auckland, but I felt comfortable enough to share it with him. And I remember, you know, asking him, like, where was God in that situation? I cried out to God. I prayed as hard as I could to save me from the situation that I really didn't want to happen. And why didn't he rescue me? Why didn't he save me from that? And I can't remember the exact words, but he said something like, um, what if he was there? And you talk about, you know, faith journeys and unexpected things that happen along your faith journey. That I just re- always remember that. Like, what if God was there? What if he was protecting me from a situation that could have gone even further south? Um, what if he was right there in the operating theatre with me and holding my hand and lifting me up and I don't even, didn't even realise? And so that's where I say that we don't need proof. We don't need to know exactly how God works, but we faith is about knowing that he does work. And he might be working in your situation right now that you're not even aware of. Um, and I, And now I work with... I facilitate parenting groups and I work with mums and I have so much more compassion and empathy for um, for parents and mums that have gone through hard times or any, you know, any situations that I just, all of that empathy came from that situation. And so God was working in that area when I I asked him for something, but he delivered in a, in a different way than what I asked for. Mm. Mm. It's really... It's, it's interesting you talking about. I think the question of suffering or, or pain is, well, there's, there's no answers. There's no adequate answers for it, right? There's a lot of ideas around it, but um, I find it interesting at the very least. Jesus experiences all of it as well, right? And when he resurrects, right, the resurrected Jesus who's crucified, he comes back in his resurrected form, still with the holes in his hands, which I think, like, I don't know what the answer is to suffering or pain, but for some reason, when Jesus resurrects, he's still identified as being wounded, but it's from those wounds that's where so much healing comes. So it's like, it's never a satisfactory answer, but somehow through the pain that we've been through, that's often where we'll bring healing to others. So I love, I love seeing that in, in your story and, and seeing that it will be asymmetrical in terms of the healing that you'll bring from that experience, you know? It's awesome. Thank you so much, Karen. Um, and I guess last, I, thought, I mean, we could talk about this for hours, right? Like, so this, is the, this is the frustrating thing, but um, we've got to put our roast chickens on for Sunday lunch and that kind of stuff. But um, Angie, as the, as, the, as the last bit of wisdom through your journey, what do, what do you, what's some wisdom you've gleaned or that's held you or that you wish you'd heard when you were younger? Um, yeah, um, 
So the power of prayer is amazing and true. And um, um, I just, I guess something I've learned is um, sometimes God might not answer your prayer the way that you wanted it to go, but he always has your best at heart. So it's he knows you, he knows um, what you want, but he also knows what's best for you. And um, it might not seem right at the time, but it works out for good. Um, and so just trusting him and just how, um, how sovereign he is. Um, and when something, when I've gone through tough times in my faith walk, um, I know that God already knew that that was going to happen and that gives me peace. And I know that um, he's going to help me through it and that he's with me through it. Um, it's just something I've learned as I've grown in him and he really does give me that peace. Um, otherwise, I'd just be a wreck. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And, and I'm still going through a faith journey myself right now because I'm praying that my husband will come back to his faith um, every day. Um, he used to be a Christian with me and he walked away from his faith. So that was years ago. But I'm just praying because um, I still believe in the power of prayer. So for me, like I'm preaching that to myself <laughs> again, <laughs> is just keep praying. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much, Angie. Well, thank you guys for sharing. And why don't we give them a, a, a round, of, round of applause. It's really hard to, yeah. Um, I, I'm going to wrap this up with a bit of prayer, but um, I would just love to invite, if something's like hit something in your spirit and your love prayer, I'm sure Karen, Angie, and Jaden would love to pray for you uh, around the different areas that have been shared within that. So after the service, there's going to be some moody music, um, not in a good way, just like, so yeah. So if you want to go and just chin wag, just roll out there uh, into the foyer. But there'll, there'll be some prayer happening if, if that's you. But I'd just love to close, close this off with um, just a bit of a prayer for us and for you guys. Uh, and thank you for sharing your stories vulnerably with us today. So, Creator God, again, I give thanks for Kieran, Angie, and Jaden. And um, they haven't arrived. They're still walking. And, and so often in our journeys, we don't see the, we don't get a map. We, we may get a compass, but, but we are, are often just get the next step in front of us. And that's, that's, I pray for them that you'll help give them the wisdom and the clarity to kind of work out what that next step is for them in their journeys and what you're inviting them into. I give thanks for their journey so far, and I know that it would have touched and moved in, in many of our hearts uh, this morning here. So I pray a blessing upon them, and that as they go into their weeks, that they'll, they'll see you in a new way and begin to understand your new ways. And I pray for us as a community that, as they've shared, we're reminded that actually all of our stories matter, and all of our stories reveal you <laughs> in unique uh, in different ways. And may each of us in our own ways uh, begin to understand and search you this week. May we have your eyes to see, your ears to hear, and your heart to feel as we go about our weeks. In your beautiful and mighty name, amen. Hey, once again, thanks for listening. And if you're in the Forest Hill or the Bays area of Auckland's North Shore, we would so love to have you at our next service this Sunday. You can get details on service times and more info on our kids and student environments by visiting svc.org.nz. That's svc.org.nz. Hope you have a great day and we'll see you next time here on the podcast.